are you glad that you're saved today? Come on, are you glad that when you die, you know good and well you're going to heaven to be with Jesus? Wow, isn't God good? Redeemed by His blood, made brand new. I'm holy in Jesus. I know I don't look like much to you, but I'm holy in Jesus. I am without shame in Jesus. Even though sometimes I get caught up in shame, but in Christ, there is therefore now. Everybody say now. Now. No condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. So today we are are super, super blessed. And I too want to just say thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much to all of you that have helped, have stayed late, have come early to make all this possible. We're going to find a way to show you even more gratitude here in, in, the, in, the few, in the next few weeks to come. But none of this could have been possible without all of you just kind of pitching in here and there. And we certainly do appreciate that so very much. And um, you can see today it's uh, Labor Day and I had to get my white in before it was all over. <laughs> so people were like, well, why did you wear white on the tent takedown day? And I'm like, well, because then I don't have to do anything. No, not true, not true. I brought a change of clothes, you'll be happy to know. So, amen. Well, last uh, Monday, I think it was, I woke up and I felt like uh, the Lord put a word in my heart today, for today. And I, it was the phrase, give me this mountain. Give me this mountain. And uh, it, just, it just got in my spirit, and it just wouldn't go away. And so I, I, knew, where this, I knew where the reference was. It's a, an actual quote from a man that was 85 years of age. His name was Caleb. And he went to Joshua when they were parsing out the promised land, and he said, I want, I want Hebron. That's my mountain. And it's been my mountain since Moses told me it was my mountain. 45 years ago, and he said, I want my mountain, and I'm looking today, and I believe, mountain possessors, mountain takers. God wants us to be a Caleb-like generation that are going to take the mountain. They're going to go after the inheritance that they have in Jesus Christ. Now, as I see it in Scripture, everybody's got mountains. There are mountains called problems, obstacles, things that we need to uh, overcome in our life. And uh, we know that Jesus said, you could say to this mountain, be thou removed to be cast into the sea, and it will have to obey what you say. And he said, and so, and then he applied that. He said, so whenever you pray, pray with faith believing and your mountains will be moved. How many have some mountains in your life that could be moved in your life? You could, you could stand for that thing to be removed, right? But then there are other mountains that are not necessarily obstacles, but they're opportunities that God has before us. And he says, I want you to take this mountain. I want you to conquer this calling. I want you to take hold of this ministry. I want you to believe for this marriage. I want you to believe for this city. I want you to believe and go in and possess your inheritance and take it. So today I want to talk about that. I I just, I want us to get our mountains that we have coming to us. Amen. 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 So I want to read out of the the book of Joshua chapter 14. 
It'll come up on the screen, and I want you to follow along as I read aloud to you. It says, Then the children of Judah came to Joshua in Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore to me on that day saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever. Because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive. Everybody say, God's keeping me alive. The Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years. That's a long time. Come on, can I get a witness out there? He has kept me alive these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, here I am this day, 85 years old. As yet, I am as strong this day as on the day Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both going out and coming in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain. Everybody say that with me. Give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard it that day, how the Anakim were there, that those were giants, and that the cities were great and fortified. Yet may it be it yet may it may be sorry that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. And so Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, as an inheritance. That's the reading of God's word. Father, we thank you for your word today. And I pray, Lord, that it will become power in our lives, power in our bones power in our mind. God, that your word would bring us alive today. Speak to us, God, about the mountains of opportunity, the mountains of obstacles. God, whatever it is, I pray, God, that we will walk out of here today taking our mountain. Give us our mountain, I pray today, in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. I don't know, yeah, I can, I, if you can see on there, there's, a, there's the M Hill, there's our mountain. There's our mountain. This is our mountain, you know. This is our mountain. This is our mountain. This doesn't belong to anybody else, it belongs to the people of God and the heritage of God. God has a plan and he has a purpose and he wants us to possess it. And what God wants today in Butte, Montana, Southwest Montana, he wants people who are going to have a Caleb-like spirit that are going to go after all that God has for them. Just as Caleb had a family and he had a tribe, it wasn't that 85-year-old man that went by himself to possess that mountain, but he was the leader of his family. He was the head of his tribe. And so he had all those people with him, but he 
He stood for his own people and he said, that's my mountain, that's our mountain. And we want what God said we should have, not could have, but should have. And every one of us in this place has mountains in our lives of opportunity that you can make application for this in your own life, that there are things that are opportunities that God wants for you to go out and possess it. He wants you to get the victory over it. He wants you to take it. He wants you to fill it up. He wants you to take over that thing and make it what God intended it to be. But I want to talk to us as a church today. Can I do that here today? Can I talk to us here at Abundant Life Fellowship? I believe that the Lord wants to revive our vision and give us an, a, a Caleb-like heart to take what is rightfully ours in Jesus Christ. And I'm not saying that we're better than anybody else, but I'm just going to say this. If God has a plan for my life, I want God's plan for my life to happen. And if God has a plan for this church, and if God has a plan for this city, I want to take over and I want it to happen. And I don't want to just live by the, you know, being tossed about by the winds of adversity and just kind of floating around until Jesus comes and we all get to heaven. I want to go after everything God has come after me for. And I hope that that's all of us in this tent today. Amen. I almost said room, but it's a tent. So today, I want to talk about taking those mountains. As I said, there are mountain movers in prayer. There are mountains that need to be moved in prayer. But there are mountains that need to be taken for the purpose and the will of God. And that's what I want to talk about today. If we're going to take this mountain, this city, this area for God, it's going to take a Caleb kind of church to get it done. People who refuse to give up on their rightful inheritance in Christ. Come on now. Can I get a good amen? Thank you for the underwhelming response. No, I'm teasing. We need to be mountain takers. If we're going to be like Caleb and we're going to take this mountain, this city, this region, all of us in this room, we've got to be different people. We've got to be different. We've got to be different than the status quo. We've got to be different than the general population. When God sent the Hebrew spies in to spy out the land, it was a reconnaissance mission they were not to go in there to decide whether they should go in. They were to go in there to figure out how to go in. But when they came back, they were all caught up in fear and dread and jumped on the bandwagon and ran away from the inheritance of God and ran away from the plan of God. And, and he said, okay, this whole generation of uh, people in Caleb and Joshua's generation, all of them are never going to make it. But here's what God said about Caleb. In uh, Numbers chapter 14, verse 24, he said, But my servant Caleb, because he has a, read it with me, a different spirit in him. Look at that. Caleb is different. He's not like everybody else. He didn't get on the bandwagon. He didn't have the same opinion of the population. He was different from everybody else. And I want to tell you something. If we're going to take this city for God, if we're going to take this mountain for God, every one of us here have to be different people. Amen. Amen. I'm not mad. I'm just yelling Amen. right now. It's going to be, it's got to be different. Now that word different, I looked it up in the Hebrew language. 
And uh, it means, it literally is a word that means to loiter, to hang out, to lag behind, to delay, to hesitate, to, to be a, a slough off. So here's, here's the picture. Here's what God says about, to, here's what he says about Caleb. He says, Caleb is, when everybody else was running away in fear, Caleb was like, whoa, everybody. He was hanging back. He wasn't jumping on to their opinion. He wasn't going with popular opinion. He wasn't going with what everybody else was thinking and saying and doing. He stood back and he said, I'm not getting, I'm not going with that just because everybody else goes with that. Listen, we can't let what other people do influence us and run us short of what God wants for us. We have to be different. And like Caleb, we need to see differently. When all they could see were the giants in the land, here's what Caleb saw. He saw the greatness of God. Paul said, we do not look on things. We don't, he said, don't focus on the temporal things of this world. Focus on the eternal things. You know what Paul is saying? Don't look at the things as they are or as they appear to be. Look behind it and see what God sees. Sometimes when you walk around Butte, what do you see? It isn't pretty. It isn't what it should be. Come on, church. We got to see differently. We have to have a different point of view. Instead of focusing on what we see in the natural, we need to get God's perspective. What does God see? What is God seeing right now in our culture, in our region, in this area? God sees things that should be, not just merely could be, but there are some things that must change. Amen. And if listen, if we're going to be if we're going to be different, the only way anything's going to be different is that you and I have to be different. Amen. If things are going to be different, that means you and I got to be different. Amen. And we got to see things differently. We need to speak differently. When everybody was saying we can't go in there, we're we're like grasshoppers before these giants. These giants see us and we look like grasshoppers, we feel like grasshoppers, and you know what they were saying? We can't do this. This will never change. This will never get better. They were saying, We can't, we can't, we can't. And Joshua or Caleb was saying, We can do it. We are well able to do it. We need to be a people that reverse that curse of I can't. Amen. I think it was Henry Ford who said, the people who say I can and the people who say I can't are both right. Amen. Amen. Because if you say I can't, guess what? You won't. If you keep driving that point home over and over and over, then you won't. But if you say I can by the grace of God, Like Caleb said, we are able by the power of God, by the ability of God, because God is great. I don't care how big the giants are, the giant-sized problems that we see in our time. God is bigger, and he's in us. Amen. We need to speak differently. Some people, we need to understand the power of a negative confession. I'm not a name-it-claim-it kind of guy, but I, I, I do understand from my own experience there is power in negativity negativity like when you're just constantly speaking the opposite of what is the truth of God's word there's power in that life and death are in the power of the tongue come on amen life is in the power of the tongue 
but so is death. So the things you're saying, you're speaking death over your life, you're speaking death over your condition, you're speaking death to the possibility of you taking your mountain. Some people are so negative, if you put them in a dark room, they'll develop. I waited all week to tell you that. You can imagine that's not original, but I waited all week. We need to stand differently, too. We need to take a different stand. How many know that we need to stand differently today? Joshua, Caleb, and Moses were the only ones who stood in the multitude and said, we can do this. You know what the congregation said? They picked up stones and we're going to kill them. But I love this. The Bible said the glory of God came down in their midst and stood with them. When we take a stand for God, God stands with us. Woo, isn't that good news? But we, what I'm, I'm just trying to say, we got to be different. Think differently. Speak differently. Stand different. If we're going to take this mountain, this hill, if you're going to take your mountains that you got coming to you, you got to be different. Amen. Turn to somebody and tell them, you look different to me. Go ahead. And... <laughs> number two, not only must we be different than everybody else, but we need to, number two, be devoted to the Lord above all else. Notice those words in Numbers chapter 14, verse 24. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land that he went and he and his descendants are going to inherit that land. Notice that little phrase, he followed me fully. That little phrase is spoken of Caleb six or seven times in the scriptures. Five of them he said of himself. No pride. He's just being real. I followed God. I was devoted to God. I was devoted to the plan of God. I was devoted to the will of God. I was devoted to what God said, the promise that he made. I knew what God wanted us to do as a nation, and I refused to go with the crowd. I was going to go with what God said. And he followed God, and he went after God in spite of the opinion of everybody else. He went after God in spite of the opposition of the enemies. He went after God and refused to become disengaged because of how hard and how difficult it is. How many of you know that being a Christian, anytime, but especially in the times in which we live, it's not always fun, and it isn't really that easy? Amen. But you're devoted. You belong to the Lord. You believe in God. You're different. And because you're different, you're devoted to Him. And you're not going to jump ship, and you're not going to just tuck tail and run, and we're not just going to kind of, you know, just kind of fade into the ether. We're going to be the people of God, and we're going to stand with God all the way. The only way we can take a mountain is we got to be devoted to God. we got to stay in the game. We have to stay in the game. As we enter into a new church year, church, we need to stay in the game. Yeah. Amen. No time for part-time players. 
God's not looking for part-time kingdom attenders. He's looking for people who are fully devoted to God, to Him, who are on board with what He wants to do. Amen. Come on, can I get a good amen out there? So when we're going to stay in the game, if we're going to be devoted to God, we've got to be devoted to God even when other people are dropping like flies and quitting and just giving up. Remember in the wilderness journey, Caleb went on this journey with God in the wilderness. He had to go right along with everybody else. It wasn't his plan. It wasn't what he wanted. It wasn't his idea. But he was a part of the bigger group. And so he had to reap the consequences of everybody else's lack of faith. But while everybody else was dying, literally, he kept walking. People were dying off. And there are people right now that are dying off in discouragement and distraction and disillusionment. But we just got to keep on keeping on. Amen. Amen. Come on now. It's no time to join the crew. Listen, you can live or you can die. We're supposed to live. We need to be devoted to God even when people are just, just disappearing. Amen. See? Right there. We need to be devoted to God when the dreams and imaginations have been put on hold. When... God gives you a vision or you see things or you have dreams and you have imaginations. How many of you know that God, strangely, does not do things according to your timetable? I don't know why. I figure I have the best ideas. And what happens to us when this happens is that we face the temptation of giving up when things don't go according to our timetable. But a devoted person doesn't look at God's delays as his denials. Okay, I don't, it's not here. It's not happening. It hasn't happened yet. Amen. For 45 years, Caleb was out there eating manna, manna burgers, manna tacos, manna, manna, manna. That's what, every day, and he got up, and every day there was a funeral. And every day it was, it was hot and it was barren. And every day it was the same mundane over and over and over. But every day that he lived that life, he kept in his spirit the dream and the imagination of where he had been. And what God said was his. And see, here's, he just, every day he, he knew it's not mine yet. It's not, I'm not there. Yet. Come on, everybody say yet. That's a good word. It just hasn't happened yet. Amen. And so we need to understand that it's going to be a long journey. Amen. Isn't that really encouraging? It's going to be a long journey. But a devoted person knows that long journeys require long obedience in the same direction. You just keep going. And you don't jump ship and you don't quit. It's amazing how life, this is, what I've, this is what I've discovered, how life moves so quickly and yet it takes such a long time to get here. It moves quickly when it's concerning my children who are gone. 
who evidently have forgotten all about me now. Where did the time go? And then it takes so quickly, or it takes so long, because the things that I've imagined and dreamed, or maybe that you have, are still on hold. And it's discouraging, and it's frustrating, and it's disappointing. But you got to stay devoted. You got to hang in there. Life doesn't happen in a microwave, and God isn't your vending machine. So just buckle up and hang on. Amen. Stay devoted. Be devoted. So be different. Everybody say, be different. different. Got to be different than everybody else. We also need to be devoted to the Lord above all else. Everybody say, be devoted. devoted. My third and final point is be determined. Be determined. Be determined no matter how long it takes. You want to take your mountain? It's going to take sheer determination. That brings me back to this idea that where Caleb went to Joshua in in, uh, Joshua chapter 14. Now, you have to do the math here. He's 40 years old when he went in and spied out the land. So for the next 40 years, they wander in the wilderness. And then when they get into the land of Canaan, they have to go on a military campaign. And that lasted for five years until they came to the part where they were going to begin to parse out the land to the various tribes. So now he's 85 years old before he gets to go in and begin to stake his claim on what God had promised to him. But he goes in and he gives this great, this message that we read and he talks about it. Man, some of the things that he talked about in there show us it's the secret sauce to determination. Like the things that he brought up, the things that he said in, that, in those words to, to uh, Joshua are things I think we need to apply to our life. So I wanna, I wanna just take the, the remaining few minutes that we have here today and talk about how to stay determined to take your mountain and how we're going to do it here at Abundant Life Fellowship. To be determined, like Caleb, first of all, we we have to have a faith that never wavers. Determined to have a faith that never wavers. Can I get a good amen out there? Don't quiet down on me. Everybody warming up out here? I'm so glad last week was terrible. A cold front came through here. The place evacuated. I felt all alone. I said, who doesn't wear a jacket in Butte, Montana? So we have to have a faith that never wavers. So here's what Moses said to Joshua. It won't come up on the screen, but let me just kind of go over the verses again. He said, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, uh, sent me... uh, from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back word to him, as was in my heart. Everybody say, as as was in my heart. I had the word, the promise of God. I saw the land. I saw what God, and I had it in my heart. And he said, but nevertheless, my brethren, how many of you know that not everybody who's your brother is always with you? He said, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. Caleb believed what God had said, and he put it in his heart. He believed it in his heart. 
The promise was in his heart, listen, before he ever possessed it and took it with his hand. It was right here. Listen, if you and I are going to take possession of the promises of God, we have, to, we have to believe by faith that it's going to be ours. We have to have a faith that does not waver. It's a steady faith. It's an unwavering faith. It's a resolute faith. It's an unshakable faith. We need to have that kind of faith. Here's, here's a picture of it in Psalms 112, verses 6 through 8. It says, the psalmist says, such people will not be overcome by evil. How many, don't, how, how many would like to not be overcome by evil? He says, such people will not be overcome by evil. Those who are righteous will be long remembered. They do not fear bad news. They confidently trust in the Lord to care for them. They are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. Check it out. He's saying they are already triumphant when they go into the battle. Mentally. Emotionally. In their heart. Because they know who they are. They know that they are the righteous people of God. And when God says that we can do something, we can do it. And we're going to believe that because it's in our heart. Hebrews 11 and 1 says that faith now faith is confidence. Everybody say confidence. In what we hope for. Now watch this. An assurance about what we do not see. I do not presently see what I'm seeing. But I'm assured of it. Come on, is this helping anybody? Is this helping anybody? Because we all have mountains that God wants us to take. Some need to move. Some of those mountains that are in our life, God, God doesn't want you to possess it. He wants you to pray it away. It's a brokenness and it's a addiction. It's a sickness. It's, it's something that's going to hold you back and keep you from taking the real mountain God has for you. Amen. Amen. That was just a side note. So we need to have a faith. Here's how do you determine. Stay determined. We need to have a faith that never wavers. We need to have a vision that never wanes. So Moses, he said in verses 9 and 10, he said, Moses swore on that day. Everybody say that day. Like 45 years ago, that's the that day. 45 years ago, watch this. He said, surely where you have walked, where your foot hit the ground, that's your land. You're going to get that land. That's your land. I promise you today. 45, now this is 45 years ago. Where you walked, that's your land. And he said, so I went out into the wilderness and wandered with all the children of Israel like everybody else did. And he says, now behold, the Lord has kept me alive. Hallelujah. The Lord has kept you alive. You're here today because God has a plan and a purpose for your life. God has kept you alive. And he said, the Lord has kept me alive these 45 years. And ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses, while we wandered in the wilderness, and now here I am this day. Everybody say this day. There was that day. But he said, now this day, 45 years later, that day, a long time ago, Moses said to me, 
what you walked on, that's your land. And there's been a lot of days in between, but now it's this day. I'm on this day land. Hallelujah. How many believe this is the day? Come on, this is the day the Lord has made. And so he said, this day, even though I'm 85 years old, he's like, I saw it then, and it was a word of promise to me then, but I don't live then, I live today. I'm here today. And I've held on to this. And I'm 85, I'm really old, I'm decrepit, but I've not let go of it. I've kept it in my spirit. It's in my heart. And he had a vision because he went there. He was there. He trotted the land. He walked the land. He absorbed the land. He saw it. He wanted it. He desired it. And God promised it to him. He had a vision. And his vision never waned. It never went away. He kept the vision. And I just want to say something to all of us here. We have to have a vision if we're going to go anywhere. We can't possess where we don't go here. We have to go there. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Nothing significant gets done. You have to have a vision. You have to see it in your mind's eye and pray it on your knees before you ever really Hold it in your hand. Come on. You got to get a vision for your life. You got to get a vision for what God wants for you. You got to get a vision of the overcoming power of God for you. And Abundant Life Fellowship has to keep their vision. Amen. Come on. Can I get a better amen out there? Amen. We need a vision. We have to have that vision. Years ago, I used to been here now 25 years and uh, it was a little it was a it was a little building over there where the offices are now that's where the sanctuary was that's where the bathrooms were I mean you would you would be in church and hear people in the bathroom and you'd be you'd be at the altar praying for people and hear the flushing of the toilet and my office now is where the nursery used to be and um and so but God by his grace within the first couple of years we built a building a little kind of a annex that, and we build off of that. And I remember uh, in those years, in early 2000s, and I would, all of this land was at this, what we're sitting on here today is an old mining dump. Thank you very much. <laughs> and uh, there was a little road that ran through here where the parking lot's at, and this was all fenced off. And then across the street, the, the, the cross hill over there and all of that land over there, that belongs to us. All this belongs to us. But it didn't always belong to us. And uh, I remember I was alone in those years, those early years. There was nobody else working here. And I would sometimes in the middle of the afternoon, I'd walk out over the property. I'd walk over here. I'd walk over there. And after a little while, it started to come up in me. It wasn't just prayer walking. All of a sudden, I started seeing the land. And then it started out like this. I would walk up to the cross hill over there and I would... And I I tried to stay on the outside of the fence because it wasn't my property. It said no trespassing, so I tried to be Christian. But anyway, I walked over there, and I stood up there. And I remember remember oftentimes I'd ask the Lord, Lord, is this this something you have for us? Is it possible that we could own this land? I didn't know anything about anything. I would just pray those prayers. I'd be up there talking about it. And then it, it turned from a question, 
And I had no idea about anything. I, then I turned, into, turned it into prayer. God, give us this land. God, give us this land. And I know, uh, if you know the story, we, uh, we, uh, we needed to build again. And we needed more property. And so the council and I, we talked about it. And we said, well, let's see if we can um, ask them if we could buy this, uh, this mining dump here <laughs> that nobody else in town wants. And uh, so we put in an offer, some, I don't know, crazy offer, like $1,000 or something like that. It was a long time ago. And, um, and they came back and they said, yeah, we'll sell you the land. And we'll sell you the land across the street, all of it, 13 acres for $7,500. Whoa. Now, I don't mean to make anything about me at, any, at all. But let me just say something. I don't think that would have happened if it didn't happen. If it wasn't happening. And so we built. And I remember that little first little sanctuary, if you were around here, we had two windows that were behind, uh, up, up, up on the platform overlooking the East Ridge. So you could be worshiping Jesus and see the lady on the Rockies there over the lady. You could pretend it was Jesus from that distance. Who would know? <laughs> but we had these windows, and, and uh, we had a, my, my, uh, my family was in town. This is year 2000, I think, and my family was in town, and, and uh, my dad and my brothers and sisters and nieces and nephews, and there's a bunch of us. And, and we were sitting in the sanctuary. Some of us were playing the piano, and we were just sitting around singing. And I was sharing with my dad how we just, proper, just purchased this property. There was still a fence over here. It was just nothing but a mound of weeds, and it's still kind of a mound of weeds. But we're possessing it. Come on, we're possessing it. And uh, I remember talking to my dad. Now, if you know my dad, my dad's a ball of fire. My dad has a fire in his belly. He's 84 years old. He's still traveling and preaching. And uh, he is not done yet. And he's just got a fire. He just, he's one of those preachers that you set him on fire and people come to watch him burn. And, and uh, so he, he's just like that. And I was sharing with him the vision, you know, the possibilities. I saw more buildings. I didn't know what it looked like. I didn't know what it would pan out to be, but I just was talking about this land and what we could do with it. And after a while, all of us kids were up there in the sanctuary, and we were all just kind of talking among ourselves, and I happened to look out one of the windows overlooking the East Ridge, and I could see over this direction. And my dad had secretly or just kind of, you know, covertly left the gathering of the family, and I saw him crawl through the fence and onto this property, and he walked out right up into here with his hands in the air. Amen. Amen. He caught the vision. Wow. He saw in his mind's eye and began to pray. And I'm just saying to you right now, before you ever possess it, hallelujah! God's flying over. Before you ever possess it, you got to have a vision for it. And the vision cannot wane. Amen. Amen. Let, me, let me wrap this up very quickly. I have two more, but I'm not going to do that to you. I'm going to give them both at the same time. We need to have a, to be determined, we need to have a strength that never weakens. 
And go ahead, Pamela, bring it up. And a courage that never waves the white flag. Caleb said, I'm 85. I'm as strong today. I'm as strong today as I was when I was 40. Paul said, outwardly, I don't look so good. But inwardly, I'm being renewed day by day. Caleb's strength, he may have had a kind of physical stature that that was uncommon for a lot of 85-year-olds, but I really believe that his strength wasn't in himself. His strength was in God. And then he went on and he said, because my strength has never weakened and I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, he said, now I want you to give me my mountain. And you know the Anakim are there. There's giants in that place, but I want that place. I want to take those people. I want to take this on. And I'm an old man, but I can still do it. I still have a family. I'm still a leader, and I still see it. And I want to go after it. And he says, I refuse. I refuse to wave the white flag. I, Caleb could have went in there and said anything to Joshua. He said, you know what? I want a seaside resort to retire in. I want to, I want to camp out on the Mediterranean Sea. Man, he missed his golden opportunity. I want lakefront property around Galilee. No, he didn't ask for that. He asked for the rugged hills where giants lived. He said, I want that. I'm going after it. And I'm not giving up until I get it. And I'm not going to wave the white flag. And church, there's giants in these lands. There's... Like there was in the, in the book, in the land of Canaan, there were seven godless nations of people that possessed that land and were strongholds in that land. And Caleb went into his region, and the Bible says that he expelled them all. Listen, not all of the tribes and not all of the peoples that got their inheritance were able to expel all their enemies. For many of them, it wasn't in their heart. They didn't get rid of all of them. But it says that Caleb destroyed all the giants. Amen. How many of you want to go after it all? If you got a mountain in your life that God has in front of you, there are some things, as we said, that need to be prayed away. They need to be removed. But there's also those mountains that just need to be remodeled and need to be restored and need to be taken over. And God has a vision for us. God has a plan for us. Let's take our mountain. Amen, church? Let's all stand together. You've been good. You've been patient. It's getting hot in here. And it's going to get hotter because every single one of us are going to work on this tent. Amen. No, I'm teasing. Whatever you got to do, anything that you can do to stay and help us out with this would be so greatly appreciated. But we understand if you have to go. Can we just take our mountain to the Lord right now? I don't know what mountain you have. I don't know what obstacle is in front of you or better opportunity that you have. But I just want to pray for you right now. If you have a mountain in your life, a mountain of opportunity, a ministry, a business, a marriage, um, whatever it is, just raise your hand to the Lord right now and just say, God, I'm here. I want a Caleb kind of heart to take possession of all that you have for me. Come on, let's just...
Ask the Lord. You don't, you don't have to say it out loud, but just say, Lord, give me that Caleb-like spirit. I want to be different. I'm not going to go with the crowd. I'm not going to follow the opinions of others. When it comes to what everybody else is doing, I'm going to, I'm going to loiter right here. I'm going to trust God. I'm not jumping on that. Lord, I'm, I'm going to be devoted to you. Just say that to the Lord. You need to say it. You need to make that declaration. Lord, I'm going to wholly follow your will for my life. I'm not going after my will. I want, I want to fulfill all that you have for me. I'm, my eyes are on you. Help me, God, to be determined. Help me to fight the good fight of faith all the way through. I want to finish strong. I want to finish strong. Now, Lord, I pray that you would make this church abundant life. And I realize, Lord, we may have some guests and visitors with us. And, and Lord, I pray that they would mean it for wherever they fellowship and wherever they serve. God, that you would make us a Caleb-like generation of people. Yes. That together, Lord, as the tribe, the Caleb tribe, God, that we would possess this land and that we would see it through to completion just as you have promised us. We love you, Jesus. We honor your holy name. One more time, can we just all lift our hands to Jesus and just praise him right out loud? Come on, lift up a praise to the Lord. Lord, we love you and we honor you in this place. You are so, so good. Thank you for loving us so much. Thank you for what you're doing in this time. And Lord, thank you for such good weather all summer long. And I pray, Lord, that you'll blow the smoke out of here in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys.